As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. When Bet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. I can hear the stream breathing. I'm letting it breathe. And there we go, baby. There we go. I was going to say, I'm not letting you get away with just saying it's breathing. I want the full (laughs) kit and caboodle, Scott, and you delivered. I am pumped right now. Uh, Welcome in, guys, to the Thursday. Used to be the game preview edition of the Huddle Up podcast. The end of the week now edition of the Huddle Up pod. I am Zach Kelberman, joined by Scott Kennedy, who's filling in once more for Chad Jensen, who's recovering from his bout with the bug that shall go unnamed. Scott you did BFB earlier today. How are you doing in the nighttime now? What is it? Not, it all I see are lights in my eyes. So I don't know what time it is, what day it is. And for those of you uh, that are concerned about Chad, uh, don't be. He's he's doing fine. He's actually in the background, kind of yeah. in the in the seats on the ones and twos at the beginning. So Chad's okay. Uh, just kind of felt like crap a little bit. And his throat just isn't, isn't quite ready to come on and talk for 35, 40 minutes. Uh, depending on, you know, how windy Zach is on any given night, could be 15 to 50. Um, so Chad is doing fine and everybody he appreciates, uh, appreciates the concern and we appreciate that he is doing better, but yeah, it's, um, there's a song by Corn where it's, it's called, it's me again. That's kind of how I feel like, uh, with the Broncos for breakfast and doing the mile high huddle, it's, a lot of the same folks, so but it's a lot of different names and faces. So I've really enjoyed having this opportunity to say hello 
to everybody uh, that does the evening show that doesn't that isn't able to uh, see us in the morning. Yeah, we have some uh, Facebook comments we couldn't get to on last night's show, and we always want to make it up to you guys who contribute. So we're going to pull that up right now and acknowledge where we're at right now, Scott. If you want to go over that, yeah, Chad's bringing this up right now, and uh, you know, normally I'm in the background making sure and hammering these guys, saying, "Hey, make sure we don't forget our, our Facebook people." But I had mentioned. A couple days ago with Michael Ronquillo had a monster stars day. I think it was Tuesday morning on on Broncos for breakfast that it was really going to push us closer to our goal. And you see we're at 55 percent. We're on the 20th. So we're just under about 63, 64 percent. We're at 55 percent. So we're good. But uh, in the last day. So there was let's leave it right there for the last 24 hours, because uh, there were some really big star givers, and I don't feel like we got to show everybody. We got to say hello to just about everybody, but I want to make sure that we're giving these folks a shout out. Rodney Garcia, big time. Jacob Foster, uh, Miguel, Mark Schrader. I felt like that was a new name coming in. Zebulon, Omega, Kevin Lynn, uh, Lana Carter, another of the ladies of, of MHH, uh, Shane Daniels, Bill McLaughlin, Peter Middleton, Jermaine Daughtry, Elliot Sean. Tori Thomas, another new name for us. Michael Ranquillo, uh, Mike Reno, Ruben Avita, and DeAngelis Jones. So, again, thank you so much. And apologies that we didn't get to show you all last night. Um, we'll always try and make it up for you. We certainly, we certainly don't, uh, don't take you for granted by any stretch of the imagination. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Kind of off topic, Scott, but you mentioned corn, and I'm not the biggest rock guy, as you found out the other night before the podcast, <laughs> but there was there was one corn song. Can you refresh my memory as to what that I when I was a kid, when MTV actually played music still, I remember the corn song, and I can't think of it they right pro- now. They probably did Twisted Transistor was one of those. Uh, Liar is one of my favorite songs. I'm like, it tells you a lot about my musical taste when like five of the bands I listen to uh, I'll have the song called uh, Enemy. <laughs> it's, there's, I listen sure. to a lot of angry rock. I like, I like, uh, I like stuff, but it's not just that. I, I like stuff with passion. If it's got, you know, if it's got some, some, some guts to it, I'm probably gonna like it. Is there any other kind of rock other than you know angry and uh, expressive and emotive? I don't and, think uh, so. Freak on a Leash is one that. that That's what that. it is. That's what it is. Freak on a leash. There you go. Okay, that was a good song. Yeah. I want so, to play that uh, now. So I saw actually I want to see Disturbed and Corn. We'll get off music here in a second, I promise. I want to see Disturbed and Corn. And Disturbed's actually one of my favorite bands. Uh, but 
Corn, I thought, put on the better show. So I enjoyed the entertainment value of seeing someone live. Like, you know, if you took me to see Grateful Dead or something like that, or who who is the Grateful Dead? Widespread Panic, the the you know one of those. Uh, I want to be a Grateful Dead band. Man, just put me to sleep. I'll listen to their music, but let's go shoot pool or something. But Corn was really good in concert. With that note, we'll move on here. I kind of I, I kind of uh, don't. I don't want to just yet, Scott. You tell me. <laughs> I'm having fun with this conversation. You know, forget <laughs> football for a second. You tell me the best concert you've ever been to, and I'll tell you that for me. Oh, I don't know. The best concert I've ever been to. And let us know uh, in the comments, the, the guys. The best moment I ever had. See, MTV ruined concerts because uh, rock bands got lazy and they would just show their concerts live, so there were no surprises anymore. The coolest moment I ever remember wasn't Tommy Lee in his spinning drum cage because that had been shown a hundred times with Motley Crue, a zillion times on MTV, but it was the next one. That was Girls, Girls, Girls. It was the next tour that came out and it was the Dr. Feelgood tour and it was Atlanta was right at the beginning and the place went dark at the old Omni and all of a sudden the lights go to the very top middle of that. And here comes Tommy Lee dropping out like Spider-Man playing the drums <laughs> and a spinning drum cage coming down. That's cool. That was the coolest moment I ever remember going to a uh, Odin concert. It just blew my mind. I think it was, 15 years old or so just awesome that's awesome yeah you know i'm like i said i'm not I'm, I'm more of a rap guy but what's ironic is that two of the best concerts i've ever been to were rock the first one was uh uh tom petty when he was alive it was an indoor i don't like standing outside and sweating and standing i like having a seat in the air conditioning and it was indoors in the big arena and there was so much smoke in the air and i'm not talking about cigarette smoke and he played refugee it was unreal and also lincoln park they put on a really really good show when uh before Chester passed away, unfortunately, but the, the last show at the old Omni was three hours of Metallica. They didn't have uh, an opening band. They played for three hours. Nice. That was a pretty That's dang cool. good show. Those guys can can bring it without a doubt. Speaking of bringing it, yeah. comes in and says, "Hopefully that Legwald report is true and it ends up being Hackett or any of the remaining offensive minded coaches." Now, Zach, for those of us that haven't read uh, the Legwald report, can you let us know exactly what Christian is talking about here? And Christian, appreciate your support. We should probably pull up the article that Chad wrote because it's doing really well right now on MHH Analytics. Um, basically, it was a radio interview, and he is the ESPN Broncos reporter, Jeff Legwald, veteran of the game. So what he says is uh, worth paying attention to. And he was asked about the reports that the Broncos are zeroing in or targeting heavily Dan Quinn, and they've had no other discussions. That's their guy. And he pushed back against that. He said, not at all. I don't get that vibe. I don't get that feeling. He intimated, in other words, that it's still an open competition. Even Steven, to quote Vic Fangio, and they don't have any predestined choice in mind like Dan Quinn. Of course, it's one person's opinion, but as plugged in as Legwald is, it's worth uh, bearing in mind. I, I do like how um, he called him... <laughs> or he at least furthered the notion that Dan Quinn could be Vic Fangio light. There are some similarities. I don't think completely they are alike in their personalities. As we laid out on yesterday's pod, they're nothing alike. But some of the national media, it's not just us or the fan base. There are some drawing comparisons to Vic and Quinn as to why the Broncos might want to go with an offensive mind. Yeah, and it was right here. It's like Dan Quinn right now is the toughest one to explain to the new people. It's almost like it's almost Vic Fangio light. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, you see the pushback, the pushback that people are getting. And we we know that we've got our finger on, on Broncos country probably better than Legwald does. But he he understands that right now people want something 
totally different. They want a complete yes. 180. Now I've gone, <clears throat> excuse me. I've said, you know, the, the personalities are a complete 180. Like it, Pete Carroll and Vic Fangio are nothing alike, except they both coach defense. And, and he's much closer to Pete Carroll with his energy and his youthful enthusiasm. Pete Carroll from, you know, 30 years ago than, uh, than Vic Fangio. But you say defense, people don't want to hear it right now. I'm tired of defense. And I, I, I understand. I get that. I get that 100%. And that probably is going to be the toughest, toughest sell. But it, if it ends up being Dan Quinn, there's a lot, there are a lot of things to like there right. for sure. Yeah. And if they do hire him, we'll have a whole podcast, if not multiple podcasts, breaking out, you know, breaking down what he brings to the table, which is a lot. And I think it would be an upgrade on Vic Fangio. But there was another comment that uh, Legwald made that he said it's the toughest to sell to the fan base. And I think that's such a great point to keep in mind. You're talking about selling tickets. You're talking about filling Empower Field next year. A new owner, a new coaching staff, new quarterback more than likely. You want the energy on the sidelines. You want the draw <clears throat> among the coaching staff. I don't think Dan Quinn is that draw. I think someone like Hackett, Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Callahan, any of these guys would be a bigger draw to the fan base, and someone like Legwald at least understands that. And, and speaking of drawing, <clears throat> Pobby is coming in with permanent wow. marker drawing for us. Bobby wow. came back and saw us on Broncos for breakfast on Tuesday morning and welcome back. Welcome back to the mile high huddle. Um, uh, I'm not Chad Jensen in case, you know, there was any doubts. Um, I have a little bit more hair, not quite as good looking <laughs> shots, fired. but, uh, Bobby, we're so, we're so glad you're back. And I know you, you've had some trouble. Uh, you know, Nick has, has let me, let me know. And I, I, you have a much longer relationship with the other, other folks, um, but we're glad you're here and we hope things are going well. Well, Scott, you know that we have the Queen Christy, we have the Duchess Michaela. Pobby is the princess of the Huddle Up podcast, and she earns her title uh, very, very well. It's good to see you, Pobby. I hope your life is going uh, as well as could be right now in this crazy world. I hope all your personal affairs are in order, and we so appreciate your support and your continued generosity. You are incredible. It's good to see you. Hope you stick around with us going forward. Yep, welcome back. Uh, Mark came in last night. He came in with some more stars. He says, evening, guys. Evening. evening, Mark. Appreciate you being here, and thank you for the stars. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say <clears throat> about a uh, – this is my sixth show in four days. My voice is starting to go, too. Um, the other thing that's a hard sell about Dan Quinn is what do people think of when they think of Dan Quinn? Super backwards Bowl. hat. <laughs> no, it's the Super Bowl yeah. of the Atlanta Falcons. It's 28-3. Yeah, I don't even like saying it. 28-3. That is what people remember. They look over there and say, what? He was a 500 coach in Atlanta and had the biggest choke job in the history of sports. Our, I don't know if there's a bigger one. And I'm not talking just football. I'm talking about sports. Now, there's a lot of a lot that goes into it, but that's the other part. It's like, we're going to get a defensive guy that was head of that disaster? Really? And that's that's that is that's a tougher sell. I get it. So all along, I haven't been advocating for Dan Quinn. I've just been trying to say, and this is this is hardly a sell, Zach. It's not as bad as you think. It really isn't. And the other thing more recently that he's synonymous with is Dallas's playoff game. I mean, you talk about two auditions that Dan Quinn's had 
in terms of Broncos country, their exposure to him, it was the Week 9 contest, which Denver blew the doors off Dallas, including their defense, and also what Dallas did in the playoffs, which was roll over and get whipped pretty much by the 49ers, and they tied an NFL postseason record with 14 penalties. His defense was beatable in that game, and if Jimmy Garoppolo can beat you, a lot of other quarterbacks could as well. So those are the drawbacks to someone like Quinn, and it might not be fair. He has more to his abilities than just two games the super bowl and the playoff game but it doesn't matter to broncos country it's what have you done for me lately yeah, it's, a, it's the- a twitter generation that you know people can hardly get to the end of 160 carriers exactly. the, the memory is short and to the, the good part of that is most of the people now remember that game for something else and it may have kicked kellen more in the in the in the yeah. soft spots a little more than dan quinn because of the way that game ended but i i agree i think of the guys coming in and he's got he's he's a tougher sell because he's actually got he's the only one with any head coaching experience, which means if you're a head coach, you've been fired. There's reasons why you were fired. There were bad things, but being fired in the NFL means squat to a certain extent. I mean, everybody's been fired. If you took every if you took everybody off the list that had been fired, you wouldn't have anybody to interview. Uh, why? Why? What did he learn from? And I, I think. The, maybe the biggest thing, the biggest lesson he could have learned was that he he needs to be a little more ruthless. He needs to be, he's he's loyal to a fault, which his yeah. players love him for. Uh, the coaches that have coached for him, I haven't heard a bad thing about Dan Quinn, the person, but he could be a little more ruthless. Uh, there's a phrase I use all the time. I said, I don't mind an ass. I can't stand a hypocrite. Uh, Bill Belichick, I don't want to play golf with the guy. Nick Saban, don't need to have him over for dinner, but by God, I respect the heck out of him. Uh, it's the ones that, that, you know, it's the urban Myers of the world that try and say that we're better than you. And then he's a dirt bag. Those are the ones I don't like. Um, being a little ruthless, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned having the pulse of the fan base and I wrote an article earlier today for heavy and we might as well get on it now about Dan Quinn. He has an interview coming up. Well, they've put in an interview request. The giants have for Dan Quinn. And when I posted that story, I got comments saying, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please let that be the case. Let the Giants take him. Not a lot of Broncos country wants Dan Quinn. I think it's a smaller minority that wants a third straight defensive coach and doesn't want the Broncos to finally gamble with the offensive guys. So it would be a tough sell, I think, for Peyton. Yeah, Michael coming with some big stars and Rodney uh, as well. So thank you guys. And Michael says, good evening, Zach and Scott on Mile High Huddle. Go Broncos. Yes, sir. There's there's a lot of that that goes around. Like I said, when you fail on the biggest stage the way Dan Quinn did, that's what most people are going to remember. It's like this guy wasn't anything special with the, with the, the Broncos. But if I want to make a comparison like that, you know, a small enough sample size, I can prove anything. Bill Belichick wasn't much with the Cleveland Browns. You know, if you go 500 with the Cleveland Browns, if you go 500 with the Detroit Lions, if you go 500 and reach a Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons – you did something right. These aren't the alpha franchises of the world whose birthright is to go to the Super Bowl. It's been twice. Of, and I, I always kind of joke that as, a, as an Atlanta sports fan, especially the Falcons, really all you're asking for out of the season is just not to be embarrassed to be an Atlanta Falcons fan. In 98, we made it 364 days right up until the day before the Super Bowl and our Walter Payton Man of the Year person goes out and gets arrested for soliciting oral sex from an undercover cop. Thanks, Eugene. Thank you. Appreciate that. And then the second time they go to the big show, 
28-3. It's, it's bad. So the fact that you fail in Atlanta doesn't mean you're a failure. I promise you. How do I follow that one up? <laughs> There's no, no way I can. Anyway, changing the subject. I got choke jobs. I got, I got the solicitation. You got choke jobs and, and something else, Scott, <laughs> that we're talking about. This is a wild podcast tonight. Um, guys, I want to give a quick update as to the Broncos interview requests and, and candidates and, and things that are going on with that. Uh, today they talked to Brian Callahan, the Bengals OC. That was a remote interview, and they were also in L.A. to talk to Rams OC Kevin O'Connell for an up-close sit-down. They have one more interview, and that's tomorrow with Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs OC. And then after that, like Mike Liss said, dot, dot, dot. It could be Saturday. We have a new head coach in Broncos country. It could be Sunday. It could be second interviews next week. But they're quickly exhausting all of their meetings, and the white smoke will be pluming out of Dove Valley soon enough. <laughs> the white smoke. Good good call out to... Uh to the the pope there well we've got it all on the show we're trying to make it a little more sanctimonious after the we've got super bowl arrests (laughs) uh this is the where else are you gonna get this kind of entertainment (laughs) for goodness sakes uh miguel coming in with some uh, talking about some of the 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 interview candidates and such miguel comes in with some stars and says sup fellas do you think there's serious interest in eric Bieniemy, or do you think it's more of the rooney rule i would think there would be serious interest in that guy don't you um, they already fulfilled the Rooney rule. Aaron Glennon Mayo. I mean, that's over with. That sounds like a sandwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um We're on I, I don't know uh, if you look at me and you, my age and skin tone. I don't. I don't like talking about uh, Rooney rule stuff. It, it, I'm uncomfortable with that conversation. Yeah, it's it's kind of an archaic stupid rule in the NFL. But no, I, I think there is legitimate interest. They, I, I think Peyton wants to see what is this guy's deal? Why is he a, an, ex, an assistant underneath Mahomes with the best, arguably the best offense in the NFL under Andy Reid, you know, skin in the game, Colorado product. What is his deal? It, 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 are the rumors true? Does he interview that badly? Is there more to Eric Bieniemy that we don't know? I think they want to do some intel. I don't know if he's a super legitimate candidate i still think it's down to dan quinn and nathaniel hackett but if anything you can glean some insight into how kansas city operates and maybe how eric Bieniemy, his vision for his offense it's it's there's no harm there's is yeah. only positive to talking to him. it's and it's a little strange to me i don't know how many offensive coordinators i can remember that weren't also the quarterbacks coach that's a little odd to me um that that that, that he's he's not doing that it's like you know we talk about you know chad i've heard you say emphatically the most important thing that you're looking for is someone that can come in and develop a quarterback. Well, he's not even the quarterback coach, you know? So you're running Andy Reid system and, and, and uh, Kafka's the, the quarterback's coach. And what do I need this guy for? Right. Um, I, I know there's more to it than that, but if we're looking at, you know, uh, dot, you know, the dot, dot, dot here, it doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me for what we're, we're looking for. Uh, Claude comes in, he's going back to our, uh, throwing some stars down, talking some, uh, going back through the, the back part of the chat here. There's, there's a lot of music talk here. We got some music fans said, Claude says, I still have scarves from the Godsmack concert in 01 best show ever. Try and explain a mosh pit to someone that doesn't get it. And it, they never will. It's like trying to explain cricket to me. I'm sorry. I don't have much interest. I'm not going to figure it out, but mosh pits, were awesome. Talk about an awesome way to blow off steam. And the code of the mosh pit was a lot of fun. 
I don't, after the Travis Scott concert, I'm kind of avoiding mosh pits in, in my life going forward. But <laughs> Sam Bam, $20 super. Thank you so, so much, Sam. Good to see you tonight. Hope you're having an amazing Thursday. Sam says, hey, Broncos country. Hope everyone is feeling all right. I am, I myself am under the weather, not CV as well. Sorry to hear that. Hope you're feeling better, Sam. Hopefully soon. So hope Chad and all those that are sick get to feeling better soon. Go Broncos. In parentheses, my bet is still on Hackett being the head coach. Appreciate you, Sam, and uh, feel better. Plenty of vitamin D, plenty of zinc, plenty of multivitamins, and plenty of rest, and you'll feel better. Yeah, get some rest and uh, you know feel better. It's, it is the season that it goes around, whatever it happens to be. Uh, they call it the cold and flu season for a reason. <clears throat> We have a comment here from Bradley Dunton, 499 Super. And let me tell you something, Scott, about Bradley. He showed up to the meet and greet in week three, and he was the most entertaining personality. Introduced himself. Used to be his handle. I'm Bradley the bus driver. You know, BD. <laughs> he was a great, great guy. It was so good hanging out with you, Bradley, for that for that period. And we hope you're doing well. 499, appreciate you. Hey, Zach and Scott, you football priests are doing a great job without the great input from Chad. Hashtag MHH4L. Hashtag Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. We got to get you a hat, Scott. We got to get you something. You something that I uh, remind me uh, for a, a prediction. Remind me at the end of, to, to the hat. I know I've, I've I've already gotten comments on the the, the shininess here, so it's it's actually not that shiny. Yeah, yeah, I got a big forehead. I was a wicked header of the ball playing soccer. So yeah, so did Peyton Manning. He does have a big forehead, so it could be worse. Oh, uh, the camera's got- up higher like this too, so it's it's all angle. Yeah, sure I'm, I'm no, right I, got, I got a big forehead. I, I say, you know, big brain, big forehead. Exactly. So, the first time I went on TV, you know, it was, um, I don't know, 2002, 2003. I'm 30 years old. You know, man's man. No, I don't need any makeup. What are you talking about? Why are there headlights coming out of my forehead when I saw myself <laughs> on TV? I mean, bang. It was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, you know, go ahead and let's powder this thing up. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely got to get you some attire. But we got Friendly Giant, $5 super. Thank you so much, Friendly Giant. And the friendly in your name is definitely appropriate. Keep up the great work, guys. Friendly Giant says, the best head coaches are both leaders and a 12th player on the field. Not sure Quinn offers the latter. Hashtag state of being. One comment I wanted to make, Scott, is like, why is he, Dan Quinn, being built up as this legendary defensive mind like the like Bill Belichick in his prime? You can argue he was carried to a Super Bowl in Atlanta by Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan. He was carried to a Super Bowl in Seattle by the Legion of Boom, the front seven they had, Pete Carroll, the offense, and this and that. I, I, I get that he's a good coach. I get that he's a good leader. He has an infectious personality. Ties to George Payton, all of that. Did good work in Dallas this year. But let's not confuse him with the greatest defensive mind to ever live or breathe. He has definite warts to his game. And that's why we talked about coaches being fired. He was fired from Atlanta for a reason. And I know you talk about winning in Atlanta is hard, Scott. But in the scope of the NFL, when you you used it uh, to that barometer, what was his coaching record? 45 and 43, something like that. Or 42 and 43, some, something like that. Yeah, it I was mean, right. It was, I think it was just under 500 or it was within a game or two. I, I just, he, he's not this 
oh my God, slam dunk. I have to have Dan Quinn as the next head coach of the Broncos over the other guys. Is he an upgrade on Vic potentially? Yeah, but that's not, so would you be, Scott. So would I be. It's not, it's not hard to be an upgrade when you don't know how to challenge a player or call a timeout, when you ignore your offense, when you hate your quarterbacks. By virtue of Dan Quinn not being those things, that's an upgrade. But I, I just, the, the legend that he's forming within the Broncos fan base is getting a little carried away in my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that. <clears throat> His best traits to me aren't schemes. Um, His best traits to me, however, are what translates to being a good head coach, which is the energy. So when, when, uh, when friendly giant comes in and says the best head coach, I'm not sure that Quinn is that the the 12th player on the field. Actually, I think that's really honestly his best quality Um, when it comes to being the, the one that's going up and chest bumping people, you know, the energy that he has, that he can inflect in his team and the, the way he can bring the best out of people. That's more important. That's a bigger trait for him than his scheme. I, I think in that sense, he could actually be a better head coach than defensive coordinator because those, his best traits translate to leadership, not necessarily, you know, I'm a, the Mike McDaniel of the world, the, 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 the egghead who's just, a better schemer than everyone. That's not Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's a guy that gets people to want to run through brick walls for him. That's Dan Quinn. Yeah, but if that's his biggest selling point is that his energy and personality, why not hire Nathaniel Hackett, who has the same type of personality and he's of the offensive mind and he's a little younger. It was more, I think, more upside, more ceiling with someone right. like Hackett who would bring aboard Luke Getze as well, probably as OC. I think that's I think, the way to I go. Think the question is, and we, we, we talked about this, so I want to bring it back up, is... Can he put a staff together? You know, do we know that Hackett can put a staff together and be the guy in charge? Got a pretty good idea. Dan Quinn can do that. But can Nathaniel Hackett? You never know. Someone's got to be first. This guy's going to get a head coaching job probably this year. But you don't necessarily know that. You don't know that for sure. And there's a little bit more uncertainty there. But I'm with you. I'd be, I would probably rather have Hackett for this team than, than Dan Quinn. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Randy N. Hopping in, just got in. Who did the Broncos interview today? So we're about halfway through the podcast. We talked about it like 10 minutes ago, but I'll go through it once more for you guys. The Broncos had two more interviews today for head coach. They are up to nine out of the 10. They talked to Brian Callahan, Bengals OC today, and uh, Kevin O'Connell, Rams OC today. Not much has come out about how the interviews have went, but they have one more to go tomorrow uh, with Eric Bieniemy before Kansas City has their first playoff game. After that, heading into the weekend, it's uh, we're on watch. We're on notice until that, that report comes out, unless they want to have second interviews. But I don't get that feeling, Scott. Maybe you have something different you know, in your gut about second interviews or what Peyton wants to do. I think he gleaned what he's going to glean from these guys this past week, and he already has his mind semi-made up. I, I think it'd be – it depends on – who else needs to be involved in the hiring process? Um, you know, I, he's probably leaning. He was definitely leaning. Like we've talked about it all the time. You hear me say it all the time. The bias. You've already got, you're already leaning one direction before you even start this process. Because the type of people that do this, that are general managers or planners, you know, he's got a list of the 10 quarterbacks he wants to go after. The 10 coaches, if he gets turned down, who, who he should go. That's just how they work. Um, but to go in and interview 10 people and do it all and be done with it in a, as soon as you're done with the 10th interview, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think we'll see it as soon as this week. However, I also said, we'd probably wait until black Monday to get rid of Fangio and he was gone Sunday morning when the sun came up. 
It doesn't seem like Peyton's one for time wasting, but this is a good uh, question by Trevor, and I'm glad you brought this up, Trevor. I appreciate it. He goes, Zach, if Peyton hires Quinn, what grade would you give Peyton? And Trevor knows, and a lot of you guys know, I'm a huge, huge Peyton guy. I think he had an A- minus or maybe even an A grade for his first year as Broncos GM. He's really done no wrong to me, and I, I don't say that as a homer or with bias. I think he's been a great GM through year one. That being said, though, if he were, were to go with Dan Quinn, I think that's a mistake. I do. I can get on board. I can talk myself into it. Uh, Quinn would be an upgrade on Vic. I just think it's the wrong move for what the Broncos need. You finally have an opportunity to hit that reset button. You have a great crop of offensive-minded candidates, and you're going to go with a retread defensive mind for the third time in a row. I get he has experience, but it's just not what the Broncos need. So what grade would I give that higher? Incomplete until I see Quinn. I just think it's the wrong choice. Overall, I think that would bump it down to a B. Overall. And that's that's really what any grade gets. Same with draft classes. You can say, you can say, okay, this made sense at the time when you're talking about uh, acquisitions of talent, especially in the draft. Say, I'm going to give this grade, uh, you know, this draft class a B because this made sense. This made sense. But obviously, we're going to have to go back and regrade when all said is done. The 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 hiring of Dan Quinn would feel anticlimactic to me. It yes. would just feel. Mm, Really, you had a chance to, you know, this is this is your first hire. You're coming in to put your stamp on this franchise as a general manager, and you went with Dan Quinn. Uh, all right. I'm not thrilled about it, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and let's see how it turns out. That's instead of, yes, you know, excitement, and everybody's really excited. Everybody's just kind of like, huh, I don't Here know we about go again. that. <laughs> You know, it's, 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 but you know, if you're, if you're making decisions based on public sentiment, you're not going to be in your job very long. So, you know, what, what the Broncos need and, and who all could come in with it, you know, he's, he knows that better than I'm not a trust the coaches guy, but we don't know all the information. And, but for me, it would be anticlimactic. And you know, what's, what's annoying about it as well. If they go with Quinn, it's, it was preordained. As soon as Peyton got that job, considering his ties to Dan Quinn, everyone was speculating that Quinn would be the next Broncos coach. So they're going to go through 10 interviews. They're going to line up all these candidates, get Broncos country excited, and leave them hanging and go with another defensive mind. I just think that would be a disservice to the interview process, to the fan base, and to the team, going with a third straight defensive mind. But we shall see what happens. We have Nathan. Uh, Scott, that's you for the last name. I don't I don't do those. Lake Tuala. Late too well. That's above my pay grade, but we appreciate you, Nathan. $2 super. Thank you so much. He goes, good evening, Priest, Zach, and Deacon Scott. How do you feel about that? Deacon I Scott. like Deacon. Is a Deacon ahead of the priest? I'm not, I'm not real religious. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. And yes, there is a difference. <laughs> I, 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 it reminded rules. me, I don't know if you ever watched Daniel Tosh uh, stand up. But he no. once had a joke when a girl says, I'm not spiritual, I'm, I'm I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. He goes, I'm not honest, but you're super interesting. It just kind of reminded me of that. But <laughs> no, anyway. I've never heard anybody else really say that before. So, no, there is a, there is a difference. And that's – so that's a longer story. Um, but Deacon, I like I like Deacon. I can go up with that. I don't know if I've earned it yet. It seems, it seems, uh, it seems like a high title, a high title for me. Deacon Scott. We'll get the hat made up. Football priest and the Deacon. All in the hashtag. We got Jacob hopping in with, give me the, uh, we get a gesture for big stars. Yeah, or? it was it was good that my uh, my uh, 
we're, we're behind enough that my some of my Facebook stuff has bounced. Um, but I know George Fox has come in. That was 23 minutes ago. So if I go to 837, I, they said there'd be no math. You know, Rodney was in a bunch. George has been in a bunch. Hey. Still talking about Woodstock. Um, wow. The the music the music that's, scene. That's the goat of concerts right there. Woodstock '69. Yeah, yeah. That was until I was thinking about Perry Farrell just the other day and the original. Uh, what did they call that? That the the it was a the big uh, conglomerate of bands. It was one of the first ones they'd done in a long time. But uh, P- Perry Farrell at Jane's Addiction was the one that put all that together. Someone else helped me out. I've already forgotten. It was about when I was in high school. So in the in the late '80s, early '90s. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. So someone will help me out by the time I get bound to that one. Um, Tabitha want- coming in. Oh, my bad. You More of that. our ladies of uh, of MHH. Appreciate you thank coming you. in, uh, Tabitha. Uh, the support coming in a few times. So thank you thank so you. much. And then Dave Glassman says, Scott, you've been a great addition to MHH. Thanks for all you do. Uh, if I can find you. So normally I'm behind trying to find these. Dave, 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 Dave. I apologize, y'all. I read it, Dave. There we go. Um, <laughs> I'll find it later. Dave, thank you so much for the kind words. And I think it was Lollapalooza. Is that what you're looking That's for? That's it. Thank you. Lollapalooza. So All that right. was that was Gen X version of uh, of Woodstock. Getting back onto football, <laughs> Jay Stylos, Jay, Jay Stylos, uh, keep Donatel at Donatel for defensive coordinator. Uh, he has an interview actually coming up. I don't know when it's taking place, if it already took place, but I read yesterday that the Seattle Seahawks want to talk to Donatel about their uh, opening after they fired Ken Norton Jr. And uh, I think it's really interesting that Ed Donatel got an interview for DC before Vic Fangio did. 
make, make of that what you will. Well, what I make of it is Vic might not be answering his phone while he's counting his money. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got, he, he got a, about a, probably a $6 million payout. Uh, Ed needs, Ed needs the job a little more than Vic does right now. So his agent might be a little busier. Uh, Andrew Baker comes in says, get well soon, Chad. Still love the Zach and Scott show those. So what's your division round winners? This is a, this is a, a good round of playoffs. I said the, the only two teams I feel like really don't have a chance or to, to move into the Super Bowl are the Bengals and 49ers. So therefore we'll probably have a 1990-ish, give or take a year, rematch in the Super Bowl of the 49ers and the Bengals. Um, I feel like the AFC Championship game is this weekend. I, I know Tennessee went 4-0 against those teams, but I feel like the Chiefs and Bills are the two best teams. And I do like the Bills. I do. I just think they're tougher. Um, and then coming out of the other side, uh, the Bucks. I like the Bucks, Rams, and Packers. And I, right now, I kind of like the Packers. If Packers won, Rams won B, and and Buccaneers won C. So, but it feels wide open for the first time. It's not. Oh yeah, Tom Brady. Hopefully, somebody will beat the Bengals. I'm gonna turn and watch something else. That's. Uh, the, I mean the uh, the Patriots. Aren't the Bucks playing the Rams though? This weekend, it's 49ers and Packers. Yeah, so it is. It's uh, I got I got Packers and Rams. I think uh, Von Miller playoff Von is activated, and and when Stafford doesn't turn the ball over, and they can run the ball with Cam Akers and uh, Sony Michelle, they are a tough team to beat. So and I think I'm gonna. I think the Bucks are a little little banged up too. Yeah, that, Chris Godwin that that injury really hurt them. The running backs are hurt. They don't have it this year. I just they won a title already. Let someone else, like you mentioned yesterday, let someone else have the shine. Um, I'm with you that I think this championship game in the AFC is this weekend. I'm going to take Kansas City though. You know, I, I could see it going either way for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you have a team like Buffalo that that laid eggs, I mean, definite eggs, like to Jacksonville, I'm I'm just <laughs> not. I'm not quite there yet. Plus, you have Dayball interviewing with other teams, and he's close to getting a job. You, you think about the loss of focus there. I could see the Bills winning this game, but I just think Mahomes is is still Mahomes, and that defense too is too much uh, emotional stronger. capital spent on blowing out the Patriots. That was their Super Bowl. True, maybe you know that Good point. Could, there could be there could be a natural letdown there. I mean, or you know, or, and hindsight will tell us, or they take that momentum and they ride it you know, the belief and they ride it. We'll see. But Andrew, thank you so much for the stars and, and being a big supporter of the show. And let us As know in the always. comments what your predictions are, Andrew. Yeah, throw throw them in there. We're uh, Rodney coming in a bunch, as always. And then uh, the Hire Hackett Fund. Uh, Ethan, our DWI guys, has been funding the Hire Hackett Fund on Broncos for Breakfast. So I'd listen to what he has to say because he ran the Fire Fangio Fund, the triple F hashtag, through my eye huddle for a month uh, and it came to fruition. So the higher hack at hashtag seems to be working uh, very well. Oh no, Miguel. I used to like you system of a down in Phoenix system. Ugh, I hate system of a down. Was that let the bodies hit the floor? Is that them? No, 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 no. That was drowning pool. That's a cool song. Oh, okay. System of a down has this lead singer named surge or something like that. That is so impressed with himself. It's nauseating. He just thinks he's, uh, I'm glad you're going to like it. Not for me. Not for me. So uh, have I've fun been, and thank you for the stars. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm embarrassing myself. I've never been like a, a rock. Oh, they were Chop Suey. I love that song. Is it, Was that them? I don't, some- I don't know. There was, 
I don't know. He, they, they try to be like... You guys were stoking my, my nostalgia tonight. Okay. They, <laughs> they, they, uh, they try to be a little something of everything without being much of anything. And the guy thinks he's like this opera voice. And they're just... Oh, I couldn't stand him. Damn, the hate is real. But yeah, apparently they were chop suey. I do like that song. Uh, I will say that. But... What else we got, Scott, as we go through? We're going to keep this Rodney, pod. Rodney, 11 minutes ago, that's 845. So let me scroll down and find Rodney again because he's given enough stars. He's got to comment with this one. We want to make sure that we show this one tonight for sure. So I would love to see Von Miller get another Super Bowl run. I sure will miss his sack dances. I'm rooting for the Rams and the NFC. And, you know, I, I've said this a lot, and you guys have heard me, you know, roll my eyes or see me roll my eyes at the, you know, the, the forced parody of the NFL in the 17 game season. And the fact that a lot of these teams are just coasting along. This is a good example to me, Von Miller, you know, he's catching heck for not doing much with the Rams. Von Miller was not brought in to play week 14 and 15. Von Miller was there to play in the playoffs. Von Miller is like, you know, Hey, Sean, like, Hey, we're going to be fine. We're going to make the playoffs. Keep yourself healthy. Be rested. Be ready. Von looked ready. Von looked ready. Same for OBJ. I mean, they made those mm-hmm. two big pickups, and it's it's hard to come into a team right away and perform to your caliber. It's more than just stepping on a football field. You have to mesh with the players. You have to get the chemistry down. That takes a while. OBJ is making plays in the playoffs. Vaughn is now, too. I don't see them getting past Green Bay, but I do have L.A. beating Tampa Bay uh, this yeah, week, and I, I hope Vaughn sacks Brady one more time at least. I don't know how good Green Bay's defense is, um, and that, I don't, I'm not. That's not like me questioning their defense. That's me questioning me. I really don't know how. I haven't watched the Packers a ton. Pretty stout to know if their defense is good enough um, to 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 be one of those teams this year. Well, they picked up Rasul Douglas, the cornerback, like earlier this year, and that was a revelation. He single-handedly won them games. I think they're getting back uh, Zadarius Smith, the linebacker. When they're on, they're not like 2,000 Ravens, but as a, a, a counterpart to that offense, that's a championship-level team completely. So it's going to be a good game, I think, L.A. versus Green Bay in the NFC title game if it uh, reaches that point. Doug's in here somewhere, if I can find him. I, they always ask us, you know, hey, how was your experience with StreamYard? Not that y'all really care. I said, give me a filter so I can find these guys. I want to sort it by Facebook and show Doug. Doug coming in with some big stars. Big stars! Saying, uh, thanks for your hard work. Thanks for being here. Y'all make it worth it. Again, if there's if it weren't for y'all, there's no reason for us to be here. So uh, we're here We're here because you're here. And that we can't thank you enough for that. It's It's extremely humbling. Uh, humbling to me, especially uh, as an outsider of sorts, to be able to come in. And we're working on a year. It was about a year ago, Zach. I came and did my my first appearance on MHH with you and Chad, uh, talking a little draft. It's been a year already? Wow. Time flies, man. We got a new, I think it's a new name, Shane Tuminello. Shane Tuminello. Shane's been on, uh, I recognize the name recently, so newer, at least to me. Um, you know, sometimes people come and go, uh, and they, they come back and they may not have been a while, but Shane coming in again. So Dan Quinn is a Teddy Bridgewater of head coaches. If Peyton hires him, then we're all bamboozled yeah. by Peyton. I don't know that I can agree with that. I mean, in terms of personality, they are completely opposite. Teddy Bridgewater was the Vic Fangio of quarterbacks. Dan yeah, Quinn. But Teddy actually is a really good leader. He's just a quiet guy behind the scenes that, you know, he'll stay behind, you know, and, and say hey, he's not going to do stuff for the cameras. You know, he, you're not going to see the hooping and hawing for him. He's going to say, 
okay, you dropped that pass. Let's stay together after practice and work on it. By the way, how's the family? That's Teddy Bridgewater. Vic Fangio was selfish. Vic Fangio didn't, he didn't connect with anybody. Teddy connected with everybody on his teammates. He might not have connected with the fans or put forth that public persona, but he absolutely connects with his teammates. You see him win, you know, nice guy of the year award in his first year with, uh, with the, um, with the Broncos. So again, Quinn is a little bit more goofy, corny, cheesy. <laughs> He's, you know, more rah-rah type, uh, which works really well when you're winning and, and it's going well. But when it doesn't, that stuff just kind of creates you. It's like, dude, you know, I, I don't want to hear rise up and in brotherhood and all this other crap. Go win a football game. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, to me, they're they're – with when you say Dan Quinn is a Teddy Bridgewater of head coaches, that's when you're talking about he's mediocre. That's you know he's 500. Meh. Okay, maybe he's an improvement, but can't we do better? Can we do better than that? I wouldn't even call Teddy Bridgewater mediocre. I think he was below average, and um, I, I just I don't I never got the impression that he loved football, and I think Dan Quinn loves football. So I would say Dan Quinn is the Kyle Orton of head coaches more so than Teddy Bridgewater. He, you, you can tread water, you can get by, but are you ever going to win it all with Dan Quinn as your head coach? That's should the have. question. <laughs> should have, yeah. But I, I, We rattled off earlier in the week, we rattled off that coaching staff that he had in 2016. Crazy. Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel. I mean, it was a... <laughs> that, was a that was a hell of a staff. Those are three head um, coaches. I mean, Morris, him. you know, could be a Four. head coach again in a, in a couple of weeks. You know, and if, if your concern was, you know, can he put together a staff? Did he just get lucky? You know, did he just luck into that one? Um, you know, why wasn't Matt Rule elevated? And this is what I meant to look into. Why wasn't Matt Rule elevated to? Did, did Shanahan must have taken him with him? He didn't go directly to a head coaching job from Atlanta, did he? In 2017, you know, why wasn't Matt Rule the head the the offensive coordinator in 2017 instead of bringing in a disgraced former college coach and Steve Sarkeesian? It's, it's just, for me, it's hard to give Quinn much credit for that Super Bowl team. It, it wasn't the defense, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, it wasn't the defense that got them there. It was the offense and Matt Ryan. The defense blew the game, 28-3. It was Dan Quinn's yeah, defense yeah, and the they, coaching. They were, they were weak in the trenches. That was uh, the hallmark of a of a, uh, a Thomas Dimitrov team. Their defense got it together towards the end. So the last four weeks of the season through the playoffs, the defense played really, really well, way over their heads. Vic Beasley had a flash in the pan season where he had about 16 sacks his whole career and he had about 16 sacks that season and then he was gone again so the defense did play really really well up until that point um but they ran out of gas they they couldn't run the ball and they couldn't stop people when it mattered and that was the hallmark of a thomas dimitrov team whether it was mike smith or dan quinn so again i don't blame the coaches for the problems that the atlanta falcons had I like Mike Smith. I thought he was a pretty good coach for Mike a while. Mike Smith is all-time winning. His, his yeah. winning percentage is like 700. That's like going on. That's like a 950 winning percentage at, you know, <laughs> real franchises. Shane's clarifying. He said, when I said uh, Dan Quinn is the Teddy head coaches, I'm referring to him being the perceived safe pick. And that yeah. I agree with for sure. I mean, you're just uh, going the conservative route and going for the floor and not going for the ceiling. And that's that's the whole argument you can make against the Dan Quinn potential hire. Yep, we've got a couple more good size uh, contributions we've got to get to before we get out of here tonight. We're only 45, and we just started late because these guys are always late. 
Um, Michael Ranculis, it's great show tonight. Zach and Scott and Mile Huddle. Go Thank Broncos. You. Appreciate your support, Michael. Um, we will we'll upgrade stars again and we'll do the whole month. And uh, the way you've come on so strong here in the last week, if you're not at the top, you're definitely top three. And then uh, Colby, Colby C. Collier has come in. Let me actually, I'm going by a, 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 a YouTube yeah. one. Uh, I'm Paul coming in with a, a, a super here. Saying you, Bills, Paul. Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Tennessee, anybody but Quinn. Uh, playoff results. I don't get that one. I think some punctuation would be helpful, but I just think he's talking that <laughs> uh, Dan Bill doesn't Quinn, want Quinn. Tampa win, San Francisco, and Tennessee. Period. period. <laughs> anybody but Quinn. Um, Zach and Zach and Scott, great show. Um, thank, thank you, you thank you, sir. I've got probably, uh, and I don't feel good about these at all. I, I like Tennessee. I think Tennessee should win, but wouldn't surprise me. The only one that would surprise me is that the 49ers win. That's the only game if the 49ers win that would be a surprise to me. Everything else is pretty pretty open for me. Nothing else would say, oh, yeah, that was a real shock. Um, if the 49ers win again, that would be a shock to me. Everything else is 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 should be pretty close. You know, though, if they get a good game by Jimmy G and that running attack gets going, Kyle Shanahan can scheme up with the best of them. And I really like what D'Amico Ryans is doing as the 49ers defensive coordinator. I mean, they threw the book at Dallas and they made them ordinary last week. So I'd be surprised. I don't know that I would be like shocked or stunned if they won that game. Anything can happen. Yeah, and for me, it's basically anybody but the Bucs. I I don't want to see Dom Brady anymore. I've had enough. Enough's enough. And, you know, Tampa, you won it last year. You had your turn. Now, you know, congratulations. It's your second in your history. You know, they're not exactly a sparkling franchise uh, through the history of the NFL either. You won one. Now, let's let somebody else do it. Enough, Tom Brady. Enough. Colby, rooting for the Rams and the Bills. All of Wyoming is rooting for Josh Allen. Did you guys see the interview he had on the Pat McAfee show where they asked him, Pat McAfee did, about not getting the respect, and Josh Allen goes, it'd be nice, but I don't give two bleeps about that. I just, I love that type of quarterback, man. He is great, and I I wish it wasn't the Bills versus Kansas City, because if, it, if they were playing in more of an inferior team, I'd say the Bills have a clear path to the Super Bowl, and I would be rooting for them, but I just, I see them running into a buzzsaw, nicknamed Patty Mahomes. You go look at Matt Stafford's reference page, and he's not—he hasn't been to a uh, Pro Bowl. That's—that shocked me. Uh, I couldn't believe that Matt Stafford hadn't been to a Pro Bowl. And then I looked at his contracts through the years. Yeah, Matt doesn't care. Matt Matt's got about two hundred fifty million dollars. He's been—he's he, gotten respected by the people that matter, which is the ones that were signing his check and the ones that then made a big deal to bring him to LA because they thought he could—they could win him a Super Bowl. Josh. You know, it, it, it's like until I win the big one, it doesn't really matter. And it, none of that matters. The respect, that only matters come payday and, and, and right. who's right well, for your ego. Um, yeah. Otherwise, that, the rest of that stuff's nonsense. Uh, what's not nonsense, though, is this amazingly generous uh, super by EJ, $50. Thank you so, so much, EJ. That's incredible. And uh, it helps keep the lights on, as Chad likes to say. And it's definitely true. And uh, your support helps us do that. So we are forever indebted to you in more ways than one. But EJ goes, I appreciate you guys. And as a Scott age season ticket holder, I don't care who is hired, just that it is truly an open and wide search. Scott, you were mentioned there. So I'm going to give you first dibs. Yeah, that means, uh, that means if he's been a season ticket holder for a while, I think the first time I ever got season tickets was, was 98. So you could have been season ticket holder for a long time. Um, And you, you do, you want, again, all, all I ask for, 
And Denver's a little different because you guys have had championships. But what I look for out of teams I've coached, my kids, teams I root for, is put forth the best damn effort. And I can support that. You might not necessarily succeed. That's what competition is. But do your best and be honest about it. And if you're doing that and it doesn't work out, well, you still have me. I'm, I'm still here for you. Um, when you start getting dishonest, then that's that's when you start losing me. So, you know, as EJ says, I, I really just want it to be an open and wide search and make sure that they feel that they've done their due diligence to bring in the best guy. And if then it's Dan Quinn, then EJ is going to support him. I just love the unit of measure that EJ uses. Not 10 years, 20 years, a Scott age season ticket holder. So the, <laughs> the Deacon is getting called out tonight for his age. Uh, but we appreciate you, EJ, for sure. You hope you look you this good in 20 years. That's right, baby. All right, we got K- <laughs> we got KB82. Uh, he got my interest. What's up, Zach? What did you think about that local news piece rightly trashing Fangio for not giving Locke a legit shot? Um, I didn't see that, but did I would write love... It? Did you see did that? You, was that yours, Zach? Mm-mm. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking a little, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I got it. I'm a little slow on the uptake tonight, Scott. But no, I didn't see that, guys. Uh, KB, let me know what it said. Or if you guys have a link, I would love to check that out. But too little, too late. I mean, he's not the head coach anymore. And Locke is on the outside looking in in terms of being a starter. But he should be getting criticism because it's one thing to go with Teddy. It's another thing, and I'll say this for the last time, it's beating a dead horse to openly detest your quarterback the way Vic Fangio did. It was unprofessional, and it was ridiculous, quite frankly. So one of my wife's friends is going through a, a divorce, and her ex, soon-to-be ex-husband has a wicked bad ego, enough so that her former stepkids, yes, there's lots of divorces that go around, were com- texting her about what her dad was doing, her real dad was doing, and she sent back, your dad's ego is no longer my problem. That's how we feel about Vic Fangio. <laughs> what Vic Fangio did is no longer our problem. It's a fresh start. And Locke, by God, work your butt off and take advantage of it. Do I'm so happy. He, he's not our problem anymore. I can't tell you how happy I am about that. But we got Andrew hopping in. Grew up just north of Cincy, so I hope it's Bengals versus Green Bay for Super Bowl. This playoffs is exciting, though. You know what? I'm a fan of the Bengals, man. I love what Burrow's doing, what uh, Zach Taylor's doing, and Brian Callahan. If there's any dark horse in this head coaching search for the Broncos, I think it could be Callahan. No, he doesn't call the plays, but he's overseen the development of a, of a quarterback that was still a little raw coming into the league, even though he was the number one overall pick, and he's involved in weekly game planning, scheming. He's involved in the nuts and bolts of that offense, and I'm... I'm 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 there with you, Scott. Like they're not going to get past, I think, the Bills or or Kansas City. But I'm rooting for Cincinnati. That's my it's my yeah, Cinderella team. Tennessee, prove that Tennessee was yeah. a fraud. Um, that'd be okay with me. And and again, you know, Cincinnati. If the Detroit Lions ever make it to the playoffs again, most of us neutrals will root for the Detroit Lions just because they haven't been there. We'd like to see them have some success. They deserve it. I feel that way a little bit about Cincinnati. Um, and Jamar Chase is a beast. I, yeah. I said it before. Jeez. I've said it on here before. I don't hear any more Mac Jones rookie of the year nonsense. It, it better go to Jamar Chase for for that. Uh, Michael comes in and says, uh, "I've got the Packers winning the Super Bowl." It feels right, but they why haven't they won more? You know, do they have the team to do it this year, uh, or are they gonna Dallas Cowboy it and spit the bit when it matters the most? Uh, Ronnie says, "Who will have more sacks, Barrett or Miller?" Um, 
I don't know. That's that's tough. Um, I'm going to say Shaq Barrett. I think um, the Bucks are playing the Rams. So that he, Stafford is more sackable than Tom Brady would be. And I just think Shaq is a little more explosive off the edge right now. I know it's weird to say because they were teammates and Vaughn was the man back then. But Vaughn, listen, I was the first one that thought after they traded him and, and what he did in the regular, I thought he was a little washed. I'm just saying, I'll own up to that, but he's finding his groove. Like I said, playoff Vaughn is activated. I think he'll have a sack, but I think Barrett could get multiple sacks. So that's my yeah. prediction. I mean, there was, it was, I guarantee there was a conversation in there of Vaughn, be ready for the playoffs. Get your mind right, get your body right, and, and be ready for the playoffs. I, I guarantee you that was implied, if not flat out stated. Appreciate you, Rodney. And Phil coming in. Uh, Phil coming in saying, uh, evening Zach and Deacon Scott, one step below priest. Thank you. Thank you. I don't, like I said, there's too many Thank rules. Thank you for, for reinforcing for that, Phil. Too many, too many rules for religion for me. So I, I appreciate the, the education. Uh, he says he attended Woodstock, tells everyone where my mind went. He said, not a fan of Quinn, but hope whoever they get brings a staff to help all areas. Again, it's, it should get better for sure. The problem is if it, if it gets better, if you don't get the right guys, it could quickly start going south again. Um, you're going to get a bump no matter what because the guys will be excited and they'll be ready to play and they'll be trying to earn jobs again instead of being pigeonholed into their little spaces under the previous staff. So you're, you're going to get a new coach bump regardless. I, I feel confident in saying that. I'll say it again. If they hire Dan Quinn, the OC hire is infinitely more important than the Quinn hire. They have to get that right. And not just get that right, they better hit a home run. If they're going against the grain for a third time in a row with the defensive-minded head coach, you better get me that young, creative, yep. bright offensive mind. I don't care if it's Luke Getze. I don't care if it's Mike McDaniel. But if you settle for, like, uh, Daryl Bevel as the OC, I'm out. I'm, I'm out completely. So that's that's they got to get that right. So, LeDron Bledsoe, there's a new name for us, comes in and says, Chad and Scott, do you think that this weekend's playoff games whoa, will whoa, impact whoa. the coaching decision? I'd say right off the bat, no, unless something absolutely weird happens, you know, like somebody striking a player, you know, or doing something that basically crosses them off the board because it became a national story of embarrassment. So, no, it's not, it's not going to. Um, you, you can't success or I, I, uh, looking at the the Cowboys game, if I liked Kellen Moore before, I wouldn't cross him off the list because of a mistake at the end of a, of a game. Correct the mistake. Okay. Don't, don't ever do that again. I'm going to hire you. And if you do that again, I'm going to fire you. Um, but I like everything else you do. So no, uh, I, I don't think it really has any impact at all. You know, I'm looking around. I don't really see Chad anywhere. I see Scott, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's oh. not gonna. It, it, it's, it's not gonna impact them. Uh, they have who they want in mind. And to your point, I think what you were trying to intimate there is you can't judge one guy off one body. You know, of off one game, you have to judge him by the whole body of work. And that's the thing with Quinn. That's why if they still want him, he he would pretty much be the third or fourth option if you're going by a per game basis, like the most recent action for that coach, but they're going by the whole body of work. So you mentioned striking a player. What was Bruce Arians thinking? He beat the hell out of that guy. Like he, it's crazy. <laughs> it was, well, he, he, uh, if it was just the head slap, uh, that wasn't too bad, but you can't, you can't do it. You do that to a quarterback. They're going to throw a flag on you and fine you. 
So uh, again, I don't my what I can't stand is hypocrisy. So I don't like yeah. pass interference rules because offensive guys are allowed to get away with stuff that the defensive guys are never allowed to get away with. You know, it's like if this guy, if you, if you see an offensive guy tackle the defender who's in a better position, they don't call pass interference. Like if you had done, if that had been the other way around, that definitely would have been pass interference. Um, in seven two seven mil, I think we all hope they they get it figured out, and then we can we can start talking about uh, roster building and, and roster supplementing. Uh, Steve coming with some stars. Appreciate you, Steve. Thank you for the support. And Michael says these stars are for you, Scott, and Broncos for breakfast. Thank you. We have a good time doing Broncos for breakfast. Uh, I'm I'm glad that was uh, something something we got started. It's it's going really well. And Rodney says I'm rooting for Josh Allen because he's from my hometown, Fireball. Now that's a, that's a cool cool town. It, it sounds like what you want to do to the Michigan head coach almost uh, <laughs> Fireball Harbaugh Fireball. Uh, I got the Bills repping the AFC deep in the playoffs. I tell you what. They look the most impressive for sure uh, in 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 the uh, in the opening round. Can they sustain it? Yeah, I think they can. Um, it, I like my cross sport references, and you get a hot goalie in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, you know what's better than a hot goalie is a hot quarterback. And if Josh Allen plays like that, nobody's beating them. Nobody. Exactly. If they don't have a letdown, if they if they fire on all cylinders, that's the Super Bowl, I think, favorite. So I'm definitely, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I love what Brian Dayball has done with that offense. And I love Sean McDermott, who's a true leader of men. This is not an offensive-minded head coach. This is, a, this is what Vic Fangio should have been. This is what we are praying for Vic to evolve into, is what Sean McDermott is. So I'm a big fan of them. I just think, though, Kansas City is still Kansas City. We'll see, though. Andrew uh, says, if, if Scott knows Ohio, I grew up in Dayton. I was born in Akron, and I lived in Columbus for two years. I was a kid, but yeah, I, I, I know Ohio pretty well. Plus, I, I was a director of scouting for National, and there are a lot of good players in Ohio. So um, I, uh, I was actually born up there. So I, I know Dayton. We flew into Dayton. We were going to Cincinnati because the flights were better and, and, and cheaper. So done a lot of traveling over this great country of ours. I've been probably most of your state's except Montana and the Dakotas. I have not been there or uh, up to Boston. That's the, the Boston's the biggest city I have not been to, but I've probably been everywhere else uh, in, in most of your States before. Appreciate One of the benefits of being an old guy like me, <laughs> a Scott aged kind of guy, but is, uh, did we hit everything, Scott? That We're pretty I've close. Seen? There's uh, there's, you know, Jacob just Current. keeps firing them. Just, just keeps firing you, him. And, uh, Michael Ranquillo keeps coming in, keeps uh, and Rodney. Those guys are just they're just on on fire for sure. So uh, otherwise, I think we're pretty well, uh, pretty well caught up. There was one thing I got a comment. So this is pay attention now, Zach. Yeah, I got a comment from a, a user in in our in our uh, after the fact, and it said, "I can see the future in Scott's forehead." So let me know. I'm going to get close. Can you see who the Broncos are going to hire or who they're going to take in the draft pick? Or was this just him? I foresee a bald-headed, 51-year-old defensive mind. I foresee Dan. No, that's me. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny though. You have a good sense of humor, at least, Scott. Self-deprecation to me is very endearing, so uh, I'm definitely all about that. I want to just uh, tack on to uh, what Jason's saying right here. Uh, a bunch of you guys are asking about this. Why didn't the Broncos interview Brian Dayball? It's a mystery, man. I don't know why they didn't interview Brian Dayball, Byron Leftwich. They they left some meat on the bone in this head coaching search, and they they wasted that on Gannon and Glenn and Mayo. But Mayo could have been for a DC job, but. Some of those position guys might be for coordinator positions. It could have been where they knew Dayball was going to get a job elsewhere. I think he's a finalist for Chicago or uh, mm. uh, uh, Indianapolis or in the Giants. He, he's going to get a job this this cycle. And Or Peyton might not have been impressed with what he's done or just didn't deem him a quality candidate. So we don't really know why, but we know they haven't. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good candidates out there. And again, like I said, it's just going to be a little anticlimactic if if it, if it is Dan Quinn. There's plenty of reasons to be excited, but I think I don't feel like you're getting the fresh start you deserve if if that's the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. We got a late super from John Clay Eventing nine ninety nine. Thank you so much, John. At the buzzer, Josh Allen graduated from my alma mater, uh, and he graduated with my son. Huge Bills fan. Broncos first, however. Great show, guys. Well, at least you have a good team to fall back on John don't let you down every year like the Broncos do but it's it's really easy to root for the Bills I feel like good coaching staff good quarterback play a team that's been tortured in the playoffs and the Super Bowl if they get if they get past Kansas City I'm rooting for the Bills to go all the way for sure as, a, as an Atlanta Braves fan I feel like we have kindred spirits in Buffalo they they're one of the few teams that get what it, what we've been through similar situations uh, and the Braves pulled it off this year in 2021. So could this be the year the the Buffalo Bills exercise all of those demons as well? And and I always there's a phrase in in media and scouting and stuff that says that you you stop rooting for the names on the front of the jerseys and you start rooting on the names for the back. And when you when you see a player like this that you know grow up, you're a fan of his for life. It doesn't matter where he goes, and that's always kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's going to do it, though, guys, for tonight's uh, Huddle Up podcast. I think the comment section is winding down, and we're caught up on Supers and Facebook stars. So I appreciate you guys tuning in with us. It was a whole week of Scott and I on the Huddle Up podcast. I I think that's – we survived. We're alive, and we're breathing, and and the sun's still shining, so it's all good. I think Chad's coming back on Sunday, though, Sunday night, Mm -hmm. so be sure to look out for that. Um, In the meantime, though, guys, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account at MileHighHuddle. You can follow Scott on Twitter, as you can see, at ScoutKennedy. You can follow myself at KelbermanNFL. If you haven't, unlike Scott, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a football priest hat, get yourself a beanie, get yourself a shirt, and uh, or something that Scott's about to show off right now. Is Is that a beanie? It's a Broncos for breakfast beanie. So It's backwards. Yeah, you can you can get one of those, too. All at the store. Looks good. It's comfortable. I, I promise you that we have a Huddle Up Pod beanie as well. HuddleUpPod.com right now. Uh, check that out. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button for instant access to our VIP programming, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. And Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest and the deacon a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single freaking month. But if you can't do those things, please, guys, these three things takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Scott, it helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Any last comments tonight? 
Yeah, just uh, you know, make sure that we come in and see Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night. So if you're Friday sure. night, if it's too cold to go outside, uh, the weather's got you down. Make sure you come in and see uh, Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night at six Mountain Time. And Mile High Insiders, I believe. I don't know who's doing it this week. I know it's like Luke and Nick, and it's co- it's like constantly a rotating host cycle. But Mile High Insiders on Saturday night, and then you have a new episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. We'll be returning to you on Sunday night. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 